Welcome to LJRE Podcast, podcasting with the real estate experts. Our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are there out there in the business. Because brokerage sales, as we know, is a team effort, and as I like to say, it takes a village to get a deal done in this industry. So if you're investing in an income property or purchasing your first home, refinancing an existing property, researching an opportunity, or even looking to build a career in real estate, it's important to understand what all these experts really do and what they bring to the table to make it all happen. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about property inspections, probably the part of buying real estate that is the most subjective, the most stressful, and the most likely to cause delays, concerns, issues for both buyers and sellers. Inspectors are not only vital to the individual buyer, but they can be vital to the lenders and the appraisers as well. So having an incredibly thorough inspection is not only prudent, but absolutely vital so that you can obtain insurance, have it appraised at value, but so that you have absolute certainty as to what you're acquiring and what its condition is. There's a saying that we use in the real estate industry a lot, and it's caveat emptor, Latin for buyer beware, or in other words, the understanding that the buyer alone is responsible for checking the quality and suitability of goods before a purchase is made. So before you can remove your contingencies and move forwards with your purchase, you have to have a whole host of inspections. So as ever, I'll be looking at the process through the lens of wealth building in real estate. And for investors, inspections have many different ramifications and for residential owner-occupiers, but all inspections start with a relationship, a relationship with your inspector. This is one of the most important relationships you'll have during escrow. It's, uh, I can't emphasize this enough. You need to ask questions and understand what's being relayed to you. So it's incredibly important that you see eye-to-eye eye with that guy who's your inspector. So I'm very honored today to be joined by not just one, but two veterans of the inspection industry. Firstly, a man who I dare say has probably seen it all. La Rocca Inspections is definitely one of the most established, longest-running full-service inspection companies in L.A., and I'm joined by its president and founder, John La Rocca, and also Mr. Chris Griffin, who is the general manager and co-owner of La Rocca Inspections. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hi. Good to be here. So, I'm going to ask you, John, what got you into this business? Well, I grew up, I, I grew up in the uh, construction industry. My dad was a builder developer. And um, so I, was, I had a lot of knowledge about construction and, and I had built a lot of properties. Uh, at some point... I decided that I probably couldn't be building houses forever because the bodies do wear out. So I have to think about doing something else. So I started doing some consulting for people who are buying properties. And uh, that was going along fine. And, and uh, my wife and I and I had a couple of uh, people working with me. Until one day there, in 1994, there was an earthquake. And my services were now in huge demand. And I was, I was working 10 hours a day trying to keep up with all the buildings that need to be inspected. 
and I knew I had to do something to change the game to make it bigger. Otherwise, I wasn't able to carry, you know, handle the load. And uh, luckily, I got uh, a phone call from uh, a longtime friend of mine and associate. Uh, his name is Chris Reitzman, who's my one of our partners. And uh, he said, I want to play the game with you. And I went, great, let's do that. And I expanded right there. And he's an incredible manager, so we started expanding, getting more inspectors and creating quite a large organization. So now we are, and we also brought in Chris Griffin. And uh, so the three of us now run the company. And, and uh, So it started out kind of just as a, as a small little thing with you and, and your wife and friends, like yeah. doing, doing your own buildings. And then all of a sudden... The Northridge '94 earthquake—that was your opportunity to that kind was, of expand. Yeah, well, it was kind of. I, I would, the, you might use the word opportunity, but it was sort of thrust upon me, as it were. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a circumstance that uh, you know, being at the right place at the right time, being in Los Angeles, being well known already, doing what I do, and then people were demanding my services to come out and do things. I did a lot of huge inspections. Like, uh, was part of the team that investigated the collapse of Northridge Meadows building. And uh, some other some other uh, large buildings like at the Northridge uh, campus, whatnot. So, but did a lot of homes as well, a whole lot of valuations. But it really, it became quite a laboratory, quite frankly, to see what happens to buildings in a major earthquake, you know, which nobody had ex- had really understood or expand or, or yes. had experienced. And it was a great experience. So really how think. quickly did it grow? I mean, did it literally mushroom from three of you to ten of you overnight, or was it was it a, a gradual process to grow to where you are now? Or well, it was it was pretty gradual, but it, it expanded very rapidly. The first couple of years, it was three or four of us and five of us, and then after, right after that, started we started adding on people as we got. So how many um, how many um, how many do you have in your company now, Chris? What's your what's your head count? Um, I believe in the LaRocca side of it, the general inspectors, I have 17. Right. Um, then I have uh, two moisture and mold inspectors, four chimney inspectors, and four sewer line inspectors, and an office staff consisting of 12, 11 or 12. So it's a big company. It's not too small. Yeah. <laughs> so... There are so many facets, and, and you know, we were talking before we started this podcast, and, and, and you know, I feel that there's, we, could, we could spend just an hour on just breaking down a report, but, but there's so many facets to, to your business, and, and it can get very specific. I mean, it's very nuanced, and it's very kind of, you know, you drill into very specific areas, but if you could sum up for me, Chris, what an inspection is, what would you say? Uh, actually, I would uh, probably say something quite verbatim from the uh, California Real Estate Inspection Association uh, standards of practice, and that is that a real estate inspection is a survey and basic operation of the systems and components of a building which can be reached, entered, or viewed without difficulty, moving obstructions, or requiring any action which may result in damage to the property or personal injury to the inspector. That is basically what a real uh, estate inspection is. The real estate inspection report provides written documentation of material defects discovered in the inspected building systems and components, which in the opinion of the inspector are safety hazards, are not functioning properly, or appear to be at the ends of their service lives. And I think that's very important because we, we do basically view things inside those three categories. Mm-hmm. Anytime we're looking at something, we are thinking with, is that a safety issue? Is that item nearing or at the end of its life? Right. 
And so an interesting thing that I observed, because as you know, my, my business is focused predominantly around helping my clients build wealth through real estate. So I work with a lot of investors um, and investors tend to be, you know, very analytical and, and they're very, you know, they're very, they're pretty savvy when it comes to these deals and they have their own inspectors sometimes and they choose not to do certain things. But, you know, a first time buyer at the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, is going to need a lot of handholding throughout the entire process. So how do you reconcile the, 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 the importance of being a first time, the, like being the first line of defense, if you like, from everything from HVAC to foundations to sewer lines to roof shingles, all these little detailed things, but also making sure that that, that, that client, the first time buyer, remains calm and doesn't freak out and get overwhelmed with every detail and, and, and hopefully, you know, stays the course. Well, I, I think on the, on the inspection end of it, the inspection process, we use words uh, like common and typical. Um, for instance, there's many conditions that are typical or common for an older structure. There's conditions that are typical and common for a newer structure. And we make sure that the client understands that these issues... Uh, they're not deal breakers, if you will. They're not, they're not things that are going to... You don't have to run you know, out the front door pulling your hair out of your head. Uh, anything can be resolved. And uh, our inspectors are trained in um, communication, being able to communicate with the client mm-hmm. in a non-alarming fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, having the team, again, behind them uh, with the office staff to discuss the report or go anything, over anything that they may not understand um, is very important. Um, first-time buyers, they actually love us because, because of that. We give them information. It's the key. Information right. is power, equals right. power. And it most certainly is in, in a real estate transaction when, when a first-time buyer has this information and they understand what it means and they understand what they can do with it. And we're there to help them through that process. Fabulous. So, so John, walk, walk me through a, like a typical inspection process for a first-time buyer on a real estate purchase. So the buyer's ready, they've found a property, they're very excited, I'm very excited, everyone's very excited. What happens next? Well, you decide who you want to do the inspection of the property and contact them and start getting your questions answered in terms of uh, availability, in terms of price, in terms of what things are going to be inspected. And who should contact? This is oh. an important thing. So should I contact you or because or, I know you or should I have my client call you? You really should have your client because the client should start the relationship with the real estate inspection company as soon as possible. Right. So they feel like they're really on board and that they're really part of the team because it is a team effort. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. thing is a team effort. And the buyer has an important role in this team, which is to make the final decision. So they should know or at least be confident that the person that they're getting information from is somebody that they trust, that they feel as if could, could handle the questions that they need. Answer. So you have an opportunity to kind of walk them through the process, as it were, like, a, you know, and, and, and sort of explain all the different options that they have. And, right. There's, and some initial question, there's some initial questions that when they're booking an inspection uh, that, are, that are going to be answered, like, you know, what exactly, you know, what are we inspecting? Right. Um, how old is that building? Because that might have a factor in terms of, you know, what we might recommend. Um, and, you know, other questions just about what, we, what, what are we dealing with here? Right. You know, just so right. we can understand. And then let's say, for example, the, the house has been vacant for four months. 
Or we might say, you know what, this might be an opportunity for you to get a sewer line inspection because if a sewer line has been dormant for three or four months, there could be sludge in there that's become very solid and need mm -hmm. to be handled. I mean, this is just an example of the kinds of questions that... So we you ask the right questions, the pertinent questions, so then you can build in your, in your mind like a, uh, like a scenario so then you can give your advice based on your expertise, your experience... Absolutely. And, and, and then that way they feel as if you're communicating clearly with them and, 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 and then you'll say to the agent, great, so the client you know, feels comfortable with us and they want to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah great. So, so I, I kind of want to look a little more deeply into the, sort of the nuts and bolts of this for a second. So obviously you do cover a wide array of different inspections. You've got like the sewer and then you've got like the, the roof and you've got all these different things. Which, if, is there like one that's the most important? I mean, I would think the general inspection has got to be the most important, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say that, that uh, it's become kind of standard in the industry, uh, although there's no laws requiring an inspection, but it's definitely become standard that a um, property transaction would then hire a real estate inspector, a generalist, mm -hmm. to do the general inspection. Okay. The general inspector looks into areas uh, throughout the entire structure, um, that they very well may discover uh, other issues that they may recommend further evaluation by a different inspector or a specialist in that area. So I would say your, the majority of your information on any property is going to come from the general inspector. And so if in that report something is flagged up that, that, that everyone agrees we need to look further into this, then you can go ahead and sort of get that more specific expert, as it were. Yes, for instance, if, if the generalist uh, discovers uh, issues uh, in the plumbing system mm -hmm. uh, that are relatively significant, he or she may recommend a uh, plumbing contractor, a plumbing expert, to come in and further evaluate that system so that the costs are known up front. If there are any issues or other issues that the inspector didn't necessarily talk about that the expert may bring up to the client so that, again, the client is, is you know, this is all about getting information. Right. So the client can make an informed decision. Um, now, the interesting thing is, is there's two inspections that I would recommend straight off the bat along with the general, uh, no matter what the physical inspector says. Because keep in mind, for instance, like a sewer line, uh, the general physical inspector can't determine what condition the sewer line's in. Mm -hmm. uh, he can run the fixtures in the house and run the showers, flush the toilets. It still is no indication of the condition, the physical condition of the sewer line. So a sewer line inspection is always, always a good idea. And the other thing is, is if the house uh, or the property has a chimney mm -hmm. or a fireplace, um, I don't know if you know this, but the National Fire Protection Agency, the NFPA, recommends or requires, I should say, a, what's called a level two inspection. And one of the criteria is any time a home transfers ownership. Mm -hmm. So an accredited agency is basically telling the client that you should have your chimney inspected, a level two inspection, which wow. the general doesn't do, the specialist does. Right. When right. that home is in a uh, real estate transaction. The great thing about the, and, and as you guys know, I've, I've worked a lot with Stan, who I think is Stan Table, one of your finest inspectors, who's Thank great. You. And he's so like calm, he's like a little Buddha. I mean, he's just so <laughs> mellow. And always like, he gets into these kind of naughty situations where he's just, everyone calms down when Stan's talking. Like, it's like he just puts everyone at ease. But the, the great thing about his, his reports, and I imagine they're consistent with all of your inspectors, is, is that they sort of, 
they don't tend to they're not uh, like sort of opinionated they're just very, very empirical they're very kind of fact based and they're very sort of um, clear and like you said there's words that, that, that they may use that say you know something like common or uh, non-trigger words non-trigger <laughs> words exactly, exactly exactly but now in this market, you know, we're in we're in right now a very frothy, you know, seller-oriented market, and, and and you know, things are moving very quickly. Timing is a major factor, and as you know, like you know, when we as agents write up offers for our clients, and then they review them, of course, and they 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 sign the offer, and, and oftentimes the contingency periods needs to be quite short. And so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, at, that, at the same time, they're probably going to be reluctant to shut out the big bucks to have all those inspections all at the same time. So what advice would you give? Let's start with you, Chris. What advice would you give to a, let's say they call you and you're talking on the phone with them and they say, but Chris, I, I only have like seven days to get all these inspections done. There's other buyers lining up. Lining up. What advice would you give them um, if they were kind of on the fence about whether or not to get the whole array of inspections or just kind of go with the general initially? Well, minimally, uh, the general inspection is going to be recommending a sewer line inspection and a chimney inspection and likely a mold inspection um, if they discover any conditions that could be conducive to mold or if the client uh, has any concerns about mold. Uh But minimally, the general inspection would, would want to be scheduled uh, as soon as possible, uh-huh. because the general inspection is the one that that's typically going to come up with or or, or, or possibly come up with further uh, areas that would require other individuals to come in, thereby using up more time inside this contingency period. Um, so we have to allow, I mean, seven days is really plenty of time when you consider that uh, with my staff, I can normally get an inspector out there within one to two days. Sure. Get you your report immediately. You know, this brings up another subject, uh, the subject of communication. Mm. Because we have a policy on how quickly we get our reports out. Right. And my inspector will follow those policies on getting those reports out. But that doesn't mean that that policy could be altered if we are informed that we need this right away. So if we know we're moving into a, a very fast... Uh, or short contingency period uh, by the client communicating this with us, we can help accommodate that that contingency period by moving faster on the report delivery and assigning inspectors out to the job. And again, though, it's it's like, you know, you you can be as fast as you like, but if the the client then doesn't read that report or takes three days to to check it out, you know, so so you need to communicate up front. Like, I'm going to send you something that's really very important for you to read. Absolutely. You're paying for this. Absolutely. This is your report. Correct. And so, you know, read it. You know, Correct. it's in your interests. Yeah. Per, per the law, the report is uh, proprietary uh, to the client. Right. It doesn't belong to the real estate agent. Um, obviously, if the client were to back out of the deal, then, of course, all reports are turned over per escrow instructions. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the client really, if they are inside a short contingency window, it, that's even more um, important that that they read and understand and go over that report